You're now listening to Off the Collar. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Collar. It's your host, Nick Johnson. Uh, finally, after I'm not even going to mention it because I've mentioned it too many times, but <laughs> Shelby, Shelby's back. Shelby, oh hi. Welcome. How back are to you? Whatever the hell this is. <laughs> I'm. I'm, I'm uh, what's like the opposite of cloud nine? Like ground zero. Um, yeah, I think that's a great flop that, of that. That worked pretty good, actually. Yeah, that I was just, good. I just, I just thought of that. Um, although ground zero makes it feel like there's some optimism. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, no, I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm good, I think. Uh, yeah. Packing, packing my life up um, a little bit, and thankfully, there's like, I don't, are you a tennis fan at all? I don't remember if we talked about this. Mm, a little bit. I used to play when I was a kid. Okay, I did. I did too. The U.S. Open just started like a couple yeah. days ago, and I didn't that. realize. Maybe I just don't watch enough tennis, but I didn't realize it's on like all day long. Oh yeah, like it is literally just like matches on match, especially the yeah. first couple of rounds. Yeah, um, I was literally watching right before we got on this. Um, I don't mind watching it; it makes me feel like I should try playing again. Or at least yeah, like- did you see that stuff with? Um, I think her name's Coco. Yeah, how literally. she was like yelling at the ref because she wasn't. She was basically not doing her job. Yeah, no, I was. I was watching that pretty intently. Um, and I was trying to get my, my teammates to get in on it. Cause it was pretty comical. Like yeah. uh, the, even to a point where like, even the announcers probably should have stopped talking about it, but basically like the, her opponent who, even if I saw her name, I probably couldn't pronounce it right. Like yeah. all these women tennis players have the craziest names. Um, but she was just taking so much time. She would always be like over the time limit for the serve. I think it's like twenty-five yeah. seconds or something. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. But like she was just so slow, and the the ref would not do anything about it. So I think Coco Golf just decided to start playing faster. Um, to Which good for better. her to yeah. like expose yeah. her like that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Like. <laughs> What's was funny too is like I stopped watching it, and then I think I flipped to baseball or something and switched back. Mm-hmm. And the girl had like the girl she was playing had switched outfits. I had to rewind it to be like, "Am I losing my shit, or is she like totally in a different outfit?" <laughs> so what? This is just like, yeah, she had clearly changed at like the turnover or something. I was just like, girl. This what a is weird way too much. And she was getting her ass kicked for the most yeah. part of the match too. I don't know. It's um interesting. Did you see like the interview with whatever her name is afterwards? No, I didn't. I'm sure it was, was like a good one. She was like crying. Oh my gosh, of course she was. <laughs> she saying like, I'm not a bad person, like blah blah blah. I was like, just go watch the tape. You were taking <laughs> so long. <laughs> it's you know, it's like if you and I went to play golf, like... That's like admitting something. guilt, though. Because she yeah. is crying on national television. That's like admitting your guilt that you know you were wrong. Yeah. and Well, she was, like, blaming the crowd to, for getting on the American side. I'm like, well, you're going to get that 
you're at the yeah anyways yeah you're gonna yeah you're that's gonna happen but you're not helping yourself by taking like 20 seconds plus she was doing it when it's not her serve too like if it's your serve you probably can you know take a little bit longer yeah yeah you can feel it out maybe it's a strategy i i don't know at a certain point you i thought it was a strategy for her but it was very clear she was just like not paying attention. Yeah. Um, There's even a point where like she's sitting down at the changeover and you're not allowed to sit down. Yeah. No, you're not allowed to sit down. Yeah. It's like, well, you know. And the ref didn't even say anything to her. And that's when Coco had to say something to the ref. Yeah. Where's this ref? Like, I feel like these tournaments do a good job of figuring out who's going to referee these events. Like, yeah. For like, world series or whatever they get the cream of the crop for those or yeah i don't know it's a tough job being a ref especially with all like the technology now but i mean when the crowd was reacting to the whole situation more so than the ref was like listen to the crowd you can't just because you're like trying to make sure you're not wrong (laughs) yeah you could clearly see she's like and i think it was like five minutes later she gave the, the player like a penalty for being slow um anyway yeah well sports sports um (laughs) i don't know it's been a weird it's been a weird week Uh, yeah it's been a weird like few few weeks to be honest yeah yeah can't um can't say you're wrong have you been playing like at all Barely. I actually had a backswing event um, five days ago okay, in so. Pennsylvania, and that was that was fun. I enjoyed nice. that. Yeah, it was fun. like some reps in. Yeah, a little bit. I. Uh, it was so nice though, like the weather. Oh my god! Going back to sixty-six degrees, I was like, I feel, I'm a little chilly. Like I put a jacket on, and everybody's looking at me like, "What are you doing?" It's like yeah. this is cold to me i just came from 105 degrees like something i'm not used to i mean i'm i'm a san diego boy so like this weather i don't know i went and hit balls this morning and it was like 89 and i think i've determined that whether it's 105 or 90 it doesn't feel any different to me it's just hot like i'm just dying either either way it's not like the that difference makes me feel any better um but i was yeah i when i started so i'm I'm moving back to socal here in a couple weeks and i the first thing i packed were like all my winter clothes my (laughs) jackets my pants yeah like it's literally just shorts and t-shirts and maybe some golf shirts now everything else (laughs) is in boxes like i was like i don't need these for a while um so i i definitely get you there like i'm definitely Maybe just because of COVID, but joggers, like, all day long for me. I love joggers. They're, shout out to Viore. This episode's definitely not sponsored by Viore, but it might as as well be. Um, (laughs) Speaking of, like, signature looks, I think this shirt of yours is now turned into. I know. I forgot that I wore this in, like, one of the other episodes that I had recently What is the brand? Because I saw. I don't know. Like, the back is the same. It's like the skull and whatnot, yeah. but I don't know. I don't remember what the brand is, but I love it. Okay. 
Well, I'm all about it. I actually started using the Shaka like emoji mm-hmm. when I use a thumbs up. Oh, one. I use it I all think, the time. I think it it gives me it makes me happier. I hope it's it your Cali vibes. <laughs> it's it's probably something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, I have a look that the guests we had on last week let me know. Um, yeah. Apparently, I always wear a backwards hat and sunglasses. So um, oh. that all that tells me is that people are, you know, seeing all the work they notice things consistency, you know, gotta gotta keep up with. Uh, <laughs> this is some insider baseball. Every episode we recorded has all been in one day. I just changed yeah. my shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, definitely not possible. Um, definitely not possible, but. You missed a good episode um, this last week. Uh, yeah. It was so some chaos. I tried to get some of the guys on from the golf team um, a couple weeks ago, but it just wasn't – just coordinating was working out. I was traveling. Like, it just didn't pan out. So I got one guy to sit down for an hour, uh, Jeremy Sanders, who I went to college with. Very so, nice. Yeah, so he's – He's one of my best friends for sure. We've known each other since we were 18. Um, and yeah, it was a good good little episode. Um, he might have a little bit of a future. I, like after we did the episode, I was like, he's actually kind of well-spoken. Like, yeah. <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> he must be doing presentations at work or something. Oh, like, yeah. where, where is this coming from? Um, but he was he was a great guest. Is that your dog? dog yeah. In the background? He is. <laughs> mm. she's well, seeing the people outside no. not a fan not a fan uh, <laughs> not a well, fan apparently maybe um we should take notes from from your dog and just start growling at people when i know they're outside i um, know they always come to my door and they hear her and they're like never mind i'm good <laughs> I'm like sorry I dog's not very aggressive though she's not she looks like like her bark is loud but she looks like a teddy bear. And people are like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. I'm like, yeah, she's mean though. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I've uh, I've been around a couple dogs recently. Oh. And um, they're a lot of work. I yeah. I mean, I, I love dogs, <laughs> but maybe just these two in particular are a lot of, a lot of work. They're just always excited. At mm-hmm. least they don't like. I've had dogs in the past that get that like pee on you when they get excited. Oh yeah, uh, no, I could not handle that at all. No, I had I had a girlfriend in high school who had two little wiener dogs, and they would just destroy me every time. I see them. <laughs> it's like I got to pick you up, put you outside, like immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I need. I think my first purchase once I get back to Cali is going to be a dog of some of some kind. Uh, what are words today Um, what are words I keep having this thing that happens where I say a word too many times and it just turns into a sound Mm -hmm. it just doesn't yeah this week Uh, I've like tried to form sentences and it sounds like I'm having a stroke so (laughs) I don't I don't I don't know what's going on I have no idea I saw something the other day it was like a meme or whatever on instagram and this like reporter oh man it, she probably had a stroke like she, <laughs> it was just not 
she had like three sentences you could even call that yeah in a row and he had no idea what she was saying i was like if i was the cameraman i'm like shut this off now we gotta i'd be like all right (laughs) um she could have been speaking like another language for all i know Um, gosh so anyway yeah this was a (laughs) uh i i've been do you know who Mark Norman is? He's a stand-up comedian. He has a, yes. a special on Netflix. He, I started listening to his podcast, and he always says, um, <laughs> he always says <laughs> comedy. Like when he's, he has this like whole candor about him. I can't. It's it's almost comedy. like old. Yeah, he, he's hilarious. But now every time I, like, I can't get that comedy thing out of my head like it's every time i think of it hey we're, how are you doing today um anyways so yes this was a good episode um you missed out on getting some dirt about i know me, but Ooh. guess we'll so just have to listen we're gonna have to do it with everyone else because um you know i think he was being nice since he was the only one on there but if you mm-hmm. have more people you know, and you will have to bring him back trying to poke the bear. Um, yeah, we'll have to have everyone, everyone join, but for the listeners, this is part two of the episode with Jeremy Sanders. Let's swipe to the rest of the video. I I think you bring up something that actually came up today. I think was like Rory's press conference before the tour championship. And he was asked about Scotty Scheffler's like season. And it's pretty well documented that he's like, just hasn't been able to pot very well. But he's on the leaderboard like every single week. He's had yeah. statistically apparently one of the best ball striking years, like compared to Tiger's 2000 year, which is like the peak. Um, but I think if you and I was watching the coverage last week a little bit, I think if you watch him and some of those guys out there that are really successful, I mean, really, just anyone that's qualified for the Ryder Cup already are great examples of guys like this. But they're able to like they almost have two separate personalities or maybe not two separate personalities but something switches from there's like a a practice scotty and like a play scotty right like when when he goes out and plays he's having such a good time like he was smiling all down the stretch on sunday like he granted got beat by victor hovland who shot 61 but like if you watch him on like hole 14 15 16 he's still smiling like having a good time and he has one of, like, I'm honestly shocked that he hasn't, like, blown an ACL yet. Because his feet are, like, moving around the entire time he's swinging. Like, it's totally homegrown. But I think that just speaks to, like, how much he's able to just make it happen and be athletic while he's out there. Like, Butch would be so happy that I just said the word athletic. Um, but, like, <laughs> that was literally what he would tell us all the time, right? And we look at him like, what are you talking about? But it, it's such a – it is a thing where – maybe some golfers out there could understand like when you're out practicing yeah you want to get your swing to be exactly where you want it to be you want all these things to be perfect but when you go play you need to realize that it's not the same thing you you need to just roll with the punches right you need to be able to be more uh, i think the word that uh rory used was like how reactionary that scotty shuffler is being when you see him play like he's shaping the ball every which way. Like he's he's making it work. He's not 
he's worrying about the the final factors after the round, right? When he's going out and playing, like he, you can see he's very light, and you can you could we were talking, <laughs> um, maybe this could be something we show at some point when our our group chat gets a little bit more PG rated, but we were talking about Lucas Glover, right? Who has one of the best swings probably in the last 20, 30 years. Like I love watching him swing, but couldn't be less reactionary with his putter. Right. Um, And now he's found fuck like lightning in a bottle going to a broomstick, which is pretty remarkable, but he's, you can see it when he like steps into it. He like moves his hand in a certain way. His, he's got like a flow like he does with his, even though it maybe looks a little stationary to some, some people. But if you look at his mannerisms, it's kind of similar to how he is with his full swing. Like it's very just natural, right? I think he, he's got, that's why he's kind of dove into this weird different style. Because um, it did look like he was a little rigid before, right? Um, anyway, well, how going could on you a, not a bit of a rigid? tangent there. but. <clears throat> Yeah, no, I've, I've, I love Lucas Glover. Um, always been a huge fan of his. And uh, it was, I mean, it was brutal to watch him play. And I mean, I, he, I, I was on TV on Golf Channel when he missed a putt at the sectional qualifying to get, I think it was in a playoff with the yep. broomstick putter. He completely yep. yipped it. And uh, yep. I mean, it was like a three-footer for par to extend the playoff. And uh I mean, it was it's, it was brutal to watch, but I think yeah, like you're saying, he did he's found a way to just I mean, it, he just gets up and hits it, you know. He kind of doesn't let yeah. himself get in the way because if you've had issues like that, I mean, I've struggled with chipping issues similar to what Lucas Glover deals with in the putter. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many thoughts running through your head, you don't even know what you're doing anymore, you know. Like it's it's a weird feeling. So to just be able to get up there and be like. I mean, I'm starting to kind of get over these chipping problems that I've had. It's it's really that. It's just like focusing on, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's always been the weakest part of me by far, and it's gotten worse yeah. and worse over yeah. the years. But um, it's it's starting to turn a corner, which has been pretty awesome to see. But um, yeah, it's just really focusing. You know, all the cliches they're they're all right, even even though they're cliche. They, they are right. They are all right. It, it's it's it's, it's so unfortunate funny. that they're cliches because I, I I feel yeah. like they get lost in the fray because so many people say the same thing, but it's it's something I say all the time, and you guys are probably tired of me saying it. I don't know if I said it to you guys enough, but I've definitely said it enough where I'm tired of me saying it. Um, like golf is four and a half hours, five hours, right? Out of that four and a half hours you're really only playing golf for like 45 minutes, like physically hitting a ball. It's only actually 45 minutes. So that's a lot of time to be able to like think about things where like, I think you grew up playing other sports. I grew up playing like soccer is a great example. You don't have enough time to think about anything else. Right. It's like there, you have to be reactionary 150% of the time where I hit one shot. I have, five to 10 minutes until I hit my next shot. Like there's a lot of stuff I could tell myself in that five to 10 minutes. Right. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of us. It's a skill to be able to 
I don't know if you necessarily need to turn your brain off, but I think you have to realize where it's going in certain like circumstances. Um, like I think Matt Kuchar said it that the best golf he plays is when he's not thinking at all. Um, I don't know if how you can be thinking like with like not think about anything. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. This episode is brought to you by Riverside.fm. If you guys are wondering how I put together these podcasts on a weekly basis, it's all with the software I use behind the scenes. I uh, started using Riverside.fm pretty much immediately, and the main reason I use them is it is so convenient for all of my guests. I can send them individual links, basically just joining in like it was a Zoom call. It's very convenient for everyone involved and makes editing a breeze with all different sorts of AI and different capabilities that Riverside brings to the table. If you guys want to start your own podcast, go to my link in bio and put in the code OTC15. Just like off the collar, OTC15 for 15% off. Really do give this thing a try. It gave me everything I needed and more. Makes my life so much easier when it comes to distributing and editing all these different episodes I do. Riverside. FM. Like I've I've definitely had rounds where I've you know been less analytical. That's that's for sure. But I don't know. I I think I'd need to like. This might be a conversation about how like a, how good a caddy might be in a certain situation. Like if you able if you're able to have a flow with the caddy, and I've had this in the past where you trust them 150 percent and they know your game, and they're just like hit it here, here hit this or hit this number then I could yeah. maybe see that working. That's kind of like Brooks Kepka golf almost, right? It's just like, he doesn't have a yardage book. He just like, tell me how far to hit it. And, and DJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DJ. And DJ yeah. Stories, um, there, there's a story about DJ <laughs> where. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we've had. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we've, we've known people, you know, being in golf for as long as we have, you end up, you know, it's a small world and people end up being caddies on the PGA tour or playing on the PGA tour. But like you get, you get, you somehow hear all these stories from people that who've seen things and been there, um, either playing or caddying. And so, um, one great story though, about DJ was he's on this par five and he's kind of in between clubs and the conversation between him and AJ were, it was, um, yeah, you know, a three wood's going to go a little too far, but two iron's going to be short. So I'll, I guess I'll just hit the three wood and just cut, cut it off a little bit. But, like, no talk about numbers. Just, like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, three wood's a little too much. <laughs> but two iron won't get there. So, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's just how some of those guys are able to play. Just purely off the field. It's pretty real. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, DJ. I think that... Brooks. That's something I've, they, I've they can turn their found in. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's something I've found in a couple of the uh, episodes I've done on the podcast is how some people are just able to, like, just hit a shot without even really thinking about anything. Maybe I'm, maybe that's something I need to work on is I'm a little too analytical, but I don't know. It's like, 
if I need to hit the ball low, I know what I need to do. Like I have a thought of what to do. If I need to hit the ball high, I, I have a thought of what I need to do. I don't just like do it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe right. that's something I need to, I need to look into. Um, well, I think, uh, <laughs> we have a few minutes here. Um, we should probably give our listeners what they've been looking for and, and give us maybe a couple war stories from back in the day. Um, some college stories. <laughs> You're looking at me like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I think we got, we got to give we got to give them one or two. Um, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you start is like, go into a embarrassing story that comes to mind when you think about me in college. Um, well, I don't, God, I, it's really Gomberg and Bobby who I feel like are the ones who remember, they, they have the great memories and remember all these crazy stories. But the one thing, I mean, the thing that sticks out the most about you, Nick, was in college, and it, it, it doesn't surprise me at all um, to see where you come, where you are now. But like, you were always the guy who had the connections with any everyone. I mean, like, I, I don't know how, how you did it, but whenever we wanted to, ha like, you know, get people together, you were the guy who's just like, okay, yeah, I'll call, I'll call some people. I'm like, who are you gonna call, dude? This is like the, you know, two months <laughs> into school. Like, how many people's numbers do you have already? He's like, oh yeah, I know a few girls from my class's number, and uh, yeah, I'll call them up and they'll, you know, see if they want to come over. I'm like, holy shit. So, you know, you were always really good at, you were always the guy who got people to, together. It was crazy. I don't know how you did it, but yeah, and then we I made think it back, I think back in the day, we would just call it like, I didn't have any shame. And maybe that's just <laughs> stuck with me to, to this day. Is like, yeah. you know, I, I think something that was instilled from um, just maybe growing up like life is pretty short and I think that's something I've always tried to keep in mind is like you know what at the end of the day we're all people trying to do the best we can um but I definitely yeah I was definitely an instigator um I didn't realize it at the time until you I think you brought it up to me like a couple months ago maybe we were just kind of talking about the podcast or something um and I guess I I am. I try not to be, but it just kind of happens. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like getting people together, I think, is, is the is the moral of the story. Is like I'm always just trying to make memories with people and um, trying to, to do something as a group. Um, I guess yeah. this, this could be one of the stories is uh, like us getting in trouble like the first week of every year. <laughs> yeah in college like literally like getting written up the first week we were back at school um yeah so our sophomore year <clears throat> what time yeah, of I'll year? tell the story sophomore year was yeah sophomore year was the worst um the worst probably so i think it was that no it was the year after but um so basically, at the beginning of every year, we would go to Home Depot. Was it Home Depot? Yeah, it was Home Depot, right? And we, we'd pick yeah. up a slab of wood, um, just just plywood. And it would be like our, our um, 
beer pong board game board for the year. And every anytime someone would win a game, they'd sign their name on the board. And it's kind of like a commemorative thing. I don't know where I saw it. I saw it on YouTube or Snapchat, something. I don't know. But it was kind of fun, and it would be something for everyone to do. And we take a picture with it at the end of the year. Um, I don't know where those pictures went, but um, either way, we would go to Home Depot, and then for some for some reason, maybe it, this is kind of going back into me being like the connection guy or the instigator guy, but at the time we had a teammate whose mom was running housing, right? Um, and I connected with her and she got me into like the biggest dorms on campus. So I wouldn't have to stay like in, I don't know how you did it in those freshman dorms, but I never stayed in like the small freshman dorm. Like I was in one of the bigger ones to start Anderson, which just got renovated, which is, did you, did you see what I sent when I sent that um, post over? Like it's totally different than it it used to be. Um, And then, and then court, and then Cortner was the year or sophomore year. Um, so maybe it was just because I had one of the bigger places, but it would always be my place to we would go as like a pregame, right? To go play beer pong or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it might have been just because I had at the time one of those, the most legendary roommates ever. I really hope he listens to this episode. Uh, the Hammer. Yeah. Brian, I, Brian Hamada. Um, I, yeah, legend. I mean, and uh, it's he was he was a legend. I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I lost I contact. Really I lost contact Brian, with him. So. <clears throat> yeah, the hammer. <laughs> so, this is kind of a side story, but I basically got I basically just got paired up with this random guy as a roommate, Brian Hamada, and. You know, lack of a better term, he was a pretty, like, um, timid Asian kid, right? Like, a pretty nerdy little Asian kid, but he was one of the sweetest guys in the world. Um, Would keep to himself, like, a perfect roommate. I would come back from class, and he had, like, already finished, like, levels of a video game, so I wouldn't have to go through it. Like, Guitar Hero was one, like, Call of Duty, like, any game we were playing at that time. And he was a graphic designer. So, yeah. And he had all this downtime. Um, And I don't know if any of your listeners are, you know, familiar with the Hammer Driver, but it was an infomercial that came out, like, probably 15, 20 years ago now, where the guy's just, like, yelling, like, ah, like, (laughs) he's a long drive guy. I don't know. We were kind of obsessed with it, but. Right. And there, there was a, there was a anecdote or like a testimonial from somebody in it. Like if he could just like four putt, he would be on tour. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the next, uh, the next semester was the summer of 2012. Um, and this is not really important to the story, but the guy is such a legend that I think I have to mention it. Um, he would, we would play, we would play beer pong and he would attempt different ways to like aerodynamically make the shot. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. 
spin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so he would like spin oh, yeah. it as yeah he'd do a spin, and there's definitely no science behind it, but he was convinced that it would like go in more if he spun it like it would go off the rim and go in. Um, so yeah. we're we're partying and having a good time, and uh, I remember this is like the first week of school. And I have all the, the new kids over, like all the new freshmen on the golf team, entire golf team's over. We're having a good time. And I go over to you. We're like sitting on my bed and I go, dude, this girl across the hall is amazing. Like I need to, I need to figure out what her story is. Um, and <laughs> in your drunken stupor, you like swing open the door. <laughs> and I think her name was Talia. And you just yell like, Talia into the hallway and as soon as you do that two like RAs or TAs or whatever you call them are walking right by while we have like just alcohol everywhere like I think I was making margaritas for people like there's 40s like and yeah. for some context on like the area it's like there's there's a joining bathroom between like the two dorms like it was they call it like sweet style something like that yeah. Um, yeah. But we maybe had what what thirty people between both both rooms, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to finish the story or should I? <laughs> well, yeah, I could wrap it up. So um, basically, so they get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could finish it up if you want. <laughs> basically, what happened was the RAs came in. And they were not happy to see freshmen there with open alcohol containers and they made it pour it all out. And I remember the, I remember turning to the, the girl RA and being like, you know, kids will be kids. And I'll, it sticks with me what she said. She's like, you guys aren't kids anymore. You got to grow up. I'm like, we're just, we're 18, 19 years old. I mean, I guess at the time I'm like, yeah, we're still kids. Like I it was weird. I was like, holy shit, you really think we're adults already? Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> um, we we got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, we had to pour <laughs> out alcohol into the toilet. We were going to get written up, which meant that I don't know if this was true, but that our parents were going to get a letter saying that we were, you know, we violated some rules within the dormitory. My, my parents got called. So they were going to get a call or yeah, letter or something. So, like you said, Nick, we had freshmen on the team um, in the dorm room, brand new. I mean, literally two weeks into school or less, and uh, I was freaking out because I'm like, God, I'm the, fresh off the boat. I, yeah. I, I'm the reason that everyone got in trouble. These kids are gonna get a call back to their parent. They're gonna have yeah. to explain that you know Jeremy was the reason they got in trouble. I'm gonna have to tell Butch, our coach. You know, we had a really tight team and our coach was yeah. really we were really close with our coach um so you know i'm like god i gotta tell him before he hears about this through the grapevine because he heard everything i mean nothing really nothing got by butch even though he might not have, he might not yeah, he'd find out that he, he would find out i i felt the same i felt the same way yeah yeah no we both yeah we both felt that but so <clears throat> you know we ended up needing to call butch and tell him what happened and so i remember calling him up and i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna explain this to him so i tell him like hey butch we were 
um, in the dorms and we were drinking and, you know, we were being loud and the RAs came in and they, you know, the freshmen were with us and we all got in trouble and written up for, you know, drinking and breaking the rules in the, uh, in the, you know, underclassmen dorms. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. He was so pissed. He's like, you got to be kidding me. They'll cut your dick off for drinking alcohol, but they'll let you do any drug you want in those dorm rooms. He was more fit the school than he was at us. Because, <laughs> I mean, he was very against dr- uh, drugs. Yeah. And, you know, like, he was, he knew that we were kids and we were going to be drinking. Yeah. So, um, you know, he was, he was just, I was like, oh my God, Bush. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, my heart just like, you know, I got such a sense of relief after having to react like yeah. that. But, um, but yeah, he yeah. was, <clears throat> he just told, made sure that we were, you know, responsible, safe. And, you know, he wanted us to have a good time. Yeah. He knew that we were in college and, uh, you know, this is like the time to have fun. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we ended up with yeah. that one. I think we were pretty, <laughs> we were pretty good. I think we were, we were. pretty good. Yeah, like I, we, we could have definitely been worse. I think we were pretty, pretty responsible. Um, I'll close out this episode with this story about Butch in the same building that we got written up in because it is legendary and and jeremy jump in whenever you want because this is one of the craziest stories i already know what story you're gonna tell (laughs) yeah okay so this building that we were partying in is called corner it's a one of the dorm rooms and our coach butch went to the same school as us so he was on the football team like he's a big big deal at that time um was in Hi, Kai. Is that the frat? Do you remember? Yeah. yeah it doesn't really matter. Kai. Was it Pai Kai? Okay. So yeah. he has some legendary stories. Like I'm talking, and this is back in like, what, the 60s? Like this is, yeah. this is like, when, this is before you even considered things were PG or not. Um, so like I'm, and we, we should probably tell these stories when the boys are on because they, they might have their own iteration because I think we might all know the outline of stories, but we all know them a little bit differently. Um, like there's there's one where I think it was homecoming. He was trying to get people to come to Pai Kai for a party, so he lit a tree on fire, um, like a massive-ass tree. Yeah. Um, what's another one? Yeah. They cut a hole in the build side of a building, and I don't know if you guys know this, but a cow can only go upstairs. They can't walk downstairs. There's something in their makeup that they just can't do it. So Butch, I don't know if he cut a hole. No. So he got it to go up the stairs, right, in one of the school buildings, yeah. like the and English they- building, but they can't go downstairs. So for them, for, yeah. them to get, for them to get the cow out, they had to cut a hole in the building mind-blowing you think yeah, those are they, crazy like this yeah, isn't even, that isn't even a story i was gonna tell those are for those are for later <laughs> so anyway we'll go we'll go to this uh and i i might be paraphrasing this story just for the sake of time but at the time he was um i guess it's called Ple- is it pledge master right the guy that's like in charge of all the yeah. uh new recruits for the frat <laughs> So he yeah. he's trying to recruit and like 
he's doing his thing with the new freshman coming in and they're all partying in Cortner and they're on like the third or fourth floor. They're pretty high up and they're all partying and, and Butch goes to one of the guys is like, I'm going to freak the hell out of these freshmen. And he, if I recall correctly, he like basically, I don't know if he like pretended to be suicidal, but he was like, just tried to be, tried to act more drunk and just like make a scene. <laughs> and he's deciding that he's going to jump out of the window of the hallway. And he tells his, his buddy that he's like, don't worry, I'm going to jump out and like grab onto the tree and there's bushes down there. Right. And he does all this, jumps out of the tree or jumps out of the window and the trees and the bushes that he was going to jump into were removed that day. So he just drops three stories straight to the concrete. <laughs> am I, am I re remembering this correctly? Yeah. 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 And he was pretty messed up from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he break yeah, his arm he, or something? Yeah. I think a, an ankle. Oh my God. And yeah. Um, he was he was not he was he was not in good shape and he was in the middle of his football season. This is yeah. this is a guy that's like you said, Jeremy, like a big three hundred pound guy. He got drafted by the Raiders in his heyday for as an O lineman. Like this guy could have picked you and I up by each hand, and I think he did to me multiple times. Um, yeah, yeah. that's an episode for for another day. <laughs> Uh, well, but we definitely Nick, have a ton, a ton of stories. Yeah. Now, now since we're reminiscing, I just want to ask you a question um, about, and I know we talked about this okay. a little bit a while back, but um, what's the, what's your most memorable golf shot? If you, I mean, it doesn't have to be from when we were at Redlands, but is there a golf shot that sticks out in your mind or you're just like, that was, I mean, good or bad, preferably good, I guess, but you know, you have a most memorable <laughs> golf shot of your entire golfing career. Uh, yes. Since we're on the topic of college golf, I'll give you a college golf one. Um, so I don't think you're on the team at this point. I think you had, you had already transitioned to Pepperdine, um, which is a whole another story. This is kind of, I'll, I'll go on a quick tangent, but do you remember the time that we drove to the wrong Pepperdine? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I, I still tell Brittany that all the time. I, I mean, I've told many people that so, story. So I, yeah, I transferred to Pepperdine and the campus is in Malibu and these guys, you know, I would go visit them every few, every couple of months, whenever we had a break between tournaments and they would do the same. So we'd see like once a month or so. And, um, they, these guys were coming out for the first time to visit me at Pepperdine. My first, you know, we we're probably a month and a half into school. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, we're getting close, but I don't really, I don't see the ocean anywhere. I'm like, well, if you're close, you can see the ocean. And it turns out <laughs> Gomberg was driving and Nick's like, dude, we're in Irvine. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys are about an hour in the wrong, you're yeah. at an hour from where that you're was, supposed to be. That was my fault. Yeah, yeah. that was my fault. Yeah. Classic. Well, who, like, what algorithm 
is is Google Maps going off of? Because I literally remember just typing in Pepperdine, and that was the first thing it took me to. Yeah, it just took me to the extension and in, in I think it's a grad um, school campus. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I signed up when we were there, so it wouldn't be a waste of time. Um, the the irony is, uh, once we made it to actual Pepperdine, I met a girl and then ended up dating her for like the next year. So I couldn't get Pepperdine yeah. wrong for like the next year year straight. Um, but to answer your original question, so uh, I was playing in a tournament in Arizona, and um, basically for some insider knowledge on how college tournaments go usually it's 36 holes the first day and then 18 holes the next day it's usually like a monday tuesday and then a quick turnaround go back home or go to the next tournament so um usually how our team worked we wouldn't really and, and but butch i don't think we had an assistant at the time so it would just be butch following us around and He'd be able to give us advice, but he really wasn't that guy. He was more of a motivator than anything. Yeah. The only real advice we might get would be on like the par threes. And depending on where you are in like sequence, he would try to find out what the person hit before you. So you can have an idea of what club to hit. Right. So I think we're probably like an hour and a half into the first round. And I hadn't seen Butch all day long, which is totally fine. Like it, we're big boys. We don't need a coach to be there to coddle us, but usually, you know, he would have food and he would call himself uh, coach circle K. Cause he'd always have <laughs> snacks on snacks. <laughs> like oh, yeah. he had one of those, uh, I, I, I wish we could find, it would be pretty epic to bring on a trip, like a boy's trip. You remember the fanny pack that they would put around the cart, like the massive yeah. fucking like, cool. <laughs> it's literally yeah. just a giant fanny pack. And yeah. it's like waterproof and you throw a ton of ice in it. And he would put like juice snacks, like the gummies, like those were so random at the time, but they would definitely like towards the end of the round would be very key. Um, Especially anyway. the 36 whole days. Yeah. Yeah. The 36 whole days. Um, so I, I remember we're on part three and I, th I was probably like the first guy. So that's why I hadn't seen him all day. Uh, first guy to get to that hole and I'm playing okay like I don't remember playing good or bad and I remember pulling out like a five or six iron and I just cold shanked this shot like into the desert like <laughs> the only shot he's seen oh from me God. all day and it is just like a straight hosel rocket like into the desert and I just walk away with my tail between my legs and obviously like I can't give him any advice because I just shanked the crap out of it. Um, so I find my ball. It's actually like it's Arizona golf. So in the desert, it's kind of like just like a, a firm fairway bunker. Um, I have 110 yards in full shot into a par three, hit it to like that, hit it to a foot and, and make par. Um, <laughs> So it's probably not the best shot to like remember. I just remember the whole process because I look back and like put my fist up in the air and I just remember Butch's like fat fist like right back at me. Um, so oh, yeah. it was it was a fun a fun moment between us. Um, in terms of like best shots, oh, I don't even think it was like tournaments. It was like 
the thing maybe that sticks out the most was was it my were you there the so, my sophomore year our sophomore year when I won qualifying by like 10 mm-hmm. qualifying for nationals was that was that your sophomore year? were yeah, you I mean, were you still at Redlands when I did that or was that my junior I don't I don't remember I, I think I'm going to say it was year. my sophomore year cuz I was playing I I played against the uh, Caston Mike Caston and Anthony so, I, I it has to be my junior year because I can't imagine Anthony was. Either way, um, yeah. And I remember that for a different reason because I had a ten shot lead going into the final round. I was like two or three rounds of qualifying, and I tee off on the first hole. And the only thing Butch says to me as I'm walking away is, "Don't fuck this up, Szechuan." <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't blow your uh, ten shot lead motivator. with the great motivator there. Eight shots to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, what uh, what was your? We'll we'll wrap this up real quick, and I appreciate the time. But uh, what was your your favorite memory, or any any type of shot that you you've hit? You've have you have a lot more uh, good shots to go off of than I do, so. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, the, the one thing that always sticks out in my mind of just like the best stretch of golf I've ever, I've probably ever played, but um, under the circumstances was, was my freshman year and we were going to nationals and I played well, the, I, mean, I don't know, I think I shot like 72 or 74 the first round. So not great, but not bad. Um, I think I was the shot the lowest of our team so i was playing i was last to um tee off on our team and so <clears throat> the second round it was the second round of nationals and um there's a cut after 36 holes and so um the rest of the team had finished but i you know as i was playing <clears throat> i ended up birdieing the last four holes in a row don't ask me how that happened or uh but I, yeah. the, but, but the one that sticks out in my mind was the, on the 16th hole is this par three. You probably remember this hole at the grand over par three. It's maybe like two fifteen, two twenty. That was long for me back then. I mean, I, and that, that was back before clubs were like jacked, the lofts were jacked up like crazy yeah. where now like that's an easy five iron. But, um, you know, back then it was, I remember having this blade three iron or an eight uh, iron you know, or a Gomberg eight iron. The Gomberg eight iron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I remember having this three iron blow into, a, it was a front, it was like a middle right pin with a wind blowing out of the left. <clears throat> and I, all I could hit back then was a draw. So I hit this draw and it's just flagged. It's just kind of turning right over toward the, towards the pit, towards the pin goes to like nine, 10 feet. And it's this huge breaker. And I end up somehow making the putt and then, <clears throat> hit like nine iron to four feet and then pitching wedge to three feet on the last hole. And we ended up making the cut by one or two. And I'll never forget like making that birdie putt on 18 and turning around and casting who's like six, four, one of the um, other freshmen on the team who play, played at nationals. <clears throat> and he's like shaking heart. Like I swear to God, it was like God's, it was like a uh, King Kong. Like, 
beating his chest. He was like shaking the car. I thought he was going to tip it. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's the only thing I remember turning around and looking at all the team celebrating, but it was just cast and just like try to tip this card over essentially. Um, but that was, yeah, that, that was my most memorable, that three iron that I hit. I, and the putt after that, that was crazy. Dude, I, yeah. I, I remember like, this is what one thing I really wish my freshman year that Butch had allowed me to qualify for nationals because I, you might not remember this, but I remember my game was like showing some form towards the end of the season. And I still mm -hmm. was pretty comp. Like I played, obviously played nationals the next three years. So I had something going, but I really wish he would have allowed me to qualify for that last spot at nationals. But I remember being, I think it was in the library and I'm looking at golf stat and you needed to birdie in so we could qualify, you know, to get into the weekend. And I'm watching make you make cut, birdie, yeah. birdie, birdie. I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like, it's you, gotta uh, be a golf stat error. Right? You have I mean, an innate was, yeah, ability. Yeah. You're just, I'm just clicking refresh, like as hard as I can. Um, but you have this innate ability to just get on these streaks. Like at the time, this is, I wish we maybe mentioned this earlier in the episode, but at the time, Burgertown was the key to a lot of your success. Like I'm sure you could bring that back in some instance, but yeah. for some reason we had a bet when we were in college. I don't, Yeah. if my memory serves <laughs> yeah. correctly and my memory is pretty darn good most of the time, we had we had this kind of I don't even call it tradition, but we'd go to this place in town that was kind of like a Waffle House type of feel, like old schooly, like dinerish, like breakfast food, like probably a B rating. Like it was not good oh, yeah. food at all, but it, it for was sure had a B rating more than nostalgia than anything else, right? And yeah. yeah, for sure had a B. That's how you know it's good. B for B for breakfast, um, but. I think I bet you that you couldn't make a putt and it was like fucking 40 feet. It had, it was a monster and you yeah, just like fucking drained this sucker. And then from yeah. then on, yeah, from then on, yeah. you would start yeah. saying burger town. Like it was Kobe and just like, it just became a thing. And you started just making putts. Like you have to be, if we put your stats that year from like 60 to 40 feet, you're on tour. Like you're, <laughs> you can make those putts better than anyone I've ever seen. Um, yeah, dude, it's Burger man, Town. We have, I, I Burger Town. We yeah, have so many the, stories, the Jeremy, thing. and I feel like we yeah, can. We we've only we've only touched the surface so far. I think if we get the other guys in on this and somehow rope Butch to get in on the episode, um, it might stir up some things that maybe we even forgot. But oh, yeah. I do want to uh, thank you for your time, and we'll have to do this do this again soon. We didn't get to we didn't get to roast our teammates as much as I like, so maybe we save that for uh, a Redwinds a Redwinds roundtable of sorts. Um, but for the listeners out there, go check us out on. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever the hell else we are that I'm forgetting. And we will uh, see you guys on the next episode. 
Thanks, Jeremy. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. This has been Off the Collar.